that I'm, I'm a frustrated person. You want to know what my, my biggest frustration is in life is? I am so, and I, told, I may have said this last night, I'm so tired. I don't ever want to do this again. I am so sick and tired of telling people about Jesus. And many of us have maybe been told that that's what we need to do. Maybe, and I'm not knocking anybody that does this, people that are on the street corner talking to people about God. That's great. If that's what they're supposed to do, that's great. But maybe it's my personality, but I hate telling people about Jesus. And it's not because, it's not because that telling people about Jesus is bad. It's because that we live in a society that by the time, you, the odds are by the time you get to somebody to tell them about Jesus, they've been told the wrong thing about Jesus by 10 people before you got to them. Has anybody run into that? Has anybody run into that? Many of you guys know I used to work in San Francisco Bay Area, and I used to work with the homeless youth. I used to work with children. Um, and I ran into time after time after again. But Sean, somebody told me that God can't love me the way that I am. You know what I have to do right in that moment? I have to go crawl under a rock. Because for a split second, I am that person that told them the, the, the lies because we're both Christians. Right? That's kind of lame, isn't it? So I'm sick and tired of telling people about Jesus. Somewhere, and I don't know where, because the Bible says we're supposed to be him, but somebody screwed it up way back and said, oh, we just have to tell people about Jesus. And you want to know what it is? It's a whole lot easier to talk than it is to do, right? And somebody figured that out and said, oh, I'm just going to sit back and be lazy, and I'm just going to tell people about Jesus, and it's not really my responsibility if they get him or not, or if I show them him, as long as I tell somebody, that's, that's off my back, right? And we've become this thing where words mean nothing, and that we're still trying to convince people that words mean something. And like I said last night, Jesus never, ever promoted himself. You find it and bring it to me and say, I am God, and you shall believe in me. Just take my word for it. No, Jesus did, and he was who he was. And because of who he was, because of his love, because of his compassion, because of the miracles that he did, because of the signs and wonders that followed him, people had no choice but to believe in Jesus, or they hated him. Ooh, I could stop right there and go on a little tangent right there. You might get hated for doing what God asked you to do. If you're supposed to be like Jesus and people oppose Jesus, what do you think is going to happen to you if you become just like Jesus? I'm going to tell you again like I told you last night. Do not sell out because you run into opposition. If you are Jesus, that is all that matters. And I believe in respecting authority. Understand that. The Bible says obey your mother and your father. The Bible says be obedient. Respect all authority, but I understand some of you guys may not come from Christian homes. I understand you may have a relative that doesn't believe in God. And they may come against you and say, hey, what are you doing? That doesn't seem like it's right or whatever. You have a higher authority. And it doesn't mean you have to be disobedient and obnoxious, but follow Jesus and be who he is to people. And it will not make you have to tell people about Jesus and it's a burden. How many of you guys will tell you that telling people about Jesus is an uphill battle? It is, isn't it? It's ridiculous. So something has to change. Okay? Something has to change. And so we've done these things as, in, as Christians and as the church in America where these, some of the most important things about reaching people and evangelism have, be, have been side dishes for the church. Excuse me. Side dishes for the church. While the main dish has been some like mystery meat concoction. Well, the side dishes 
Those are going to need to become the main dish now. When Jesus died and he was resurrected and he ascended into heaven, what did he leave, with, what did he leave for us to guide us? The Holy Spirit. Very good. Now, who knows what the Trinity is? Matt, what's the Trinity? God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Trinity, the beauty of the Trinity is, you got three separate people, right? But they're all, they're all what? They're all one, and they're all who? God. They're all God, okay? Who would you say gets left out of that three-part equation all the time? Holy Spirit, right? And you know what I hate about the people who use the Holy Spirit more than the other two? Is that they make it as if it's some, like, ethereal, mystical thing, and the weirder you can be... And more exclusive you can be, that that's somehow more godly. And it's just not the way it is. Okay? I've told you I've been a lot of places. I've been religious where I didn't involve in the Holy Spirit. And I've been all the way over here where I was drenched in the Holy Spirit. And there's garbage on both sides. But the truth of the matter is, is the enemy loves to confuse all those things. Because he wants to take away people to go, I don't want to, I'm just going to just, I don't understand any of it, so I'm going to stay out of it. That's not what God wants for you. And it's not what the Holy Spirit wants. He wants you to move in. So because we're not effective in telling people about Jesus anymore, we need stuff to back us up, right? How would you guys like to show people Jesus? Would you like to do that? Would that be easy for you? Seriously, think about this for a second. Think of all the people that you know that don't know Jesus. If they really got a picture of who he was and what kind of a guy he was, why would you deny him? Think about that for a second. What's the downside to Jesus? Can anybody think of one? You want to know what the downside to Jesus is for those people? Us. And I believe there's a growing hunger in the world for God, but they have no desire to be part of the church. Think about that. You might have a lost person that's going, God, you seem like you might be real, but do I have to become like these people? Is that what I'm signing over to do? And I'm thankful that you guys are different. And I'm thankful to be here to share with you guys. So the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And you know what? I've been praying today. I hope you've been praying. And what I hope happens tonight is that the Holy Spirit, I know he's already here, but I want him to move in every single one of your guys' lives tonight. And what I told you is what God does is he'll move on you. And the whole purpose of him moving on you is for you to take that and then transport it to something else and someone else. And so this week at camp, I want us to all be filled with the Spirit. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Spirit. Tonight, I want that to happen. Maybe some of you guys are so hungry to be used in the Spirit, and you don't know what that is, and you're saying, God, I'm hungry for the Holy Spirit to be used in my life. I want to know what that is. He wants to show you tonight. And it's all about what you want. Say, God, I want these things. Show me how to do it. Well, bring your maturity with you. Bring your expectancy, and let's see what happens. Because I'm very excited about tonight. I want to spend some time on worship and prayer. But, but we need that. So the Holy Spirit has been one of the side dishes that's just been kind of optional for us to use. And the world is looking forward for something bigger from us. For instance, go tell somebody about Jesus, they might not listen to you. But if that person has a need in their life, and you say, oh, um, well, let me just pray for you for a second. Most people aren't going to be like, no, don't you dare pray for me. They're like, whatever. In fact, a lot of times this is hilarious. They'll just let you to get out of the, so you get out of their way. So you don't have to ask them every time you see them, right? What if you pray for a need in their life and that need just 
miraculously becomes met. Do you think that person's a little bit more curious about Jesus? Huh? Yeah, they are. You didn't even have to tell them. Let me pray for you. They don't even know what religion you are. Think about that. But you know what religion you are. You know who you serve. And you know he does things. So let me pray for you. Okay. And, and pray. Pray in Jesus' name. Just watch what happens. Oh my goodness, it came true. Oh my goodness, God cares about that person. They come back and they say, hey, remember when you prayed for me the other day? Well, that, that happened. Oh, really? <laughs> Would you like to know more about that? Who's going to say no? Think about that. If that was you would, you, would you be curious about that? Right. You still have not had to tell anybody about Jesus. You just did something, right? Right. So one thing, that, and, and there's lots of gifts in the Spirit. There's lots of ways this can apply. But how many of you guys believe that God wants to heal people? You believe that? And that's been the one thing that maybe the church has dabbled in, is let's pray for the sick because we believe God heals the sick. He does. In fact, I want to read you a verse about that. Um, if you've got your Bible, turn to Isaiah 53. Marker in the wrong spot. Before he died. Oh, he's coming this year. I'm sorry. Before he went to the cross, what happened? He was what? He was whipped. And the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed, right? So, when Jesus died for us, he paid for us to know him. And we, we, all our sin can be forgiven and all those other things. But the Bible lists all kinds of things that he took for us. And it says in the Bible that by his stripes, we are healed. As if something is already is. Well, if we are healed, then why are we sometimes not healed? Why, why are there these diseases that are at a rapid pace going through the world? And why, why is there so much sickness and disease if we are healed? Well, the difference is, is that we are healed doesn't mean that we are in it yet, but it means it's been paid for. Right? So basically what God is looking for is his people to cash in on that payment. And we've prayed for the sick as the church as if it has something to do with us. Right? Maybe you've been prayed for. Maybe you've been sick and you've had somebody pray for you. How often is it that that person comes back and checks up on you to see if you're any better or if anything's happened? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with we're afraid that maybe they're not any better. Because maybe we didn't believe it a whole lot that we were praying in the first place. But God has a desire to heal. How many of you guys believe it's God's will to heal? You think it's right? 
How many of you guys think it, he might want to use you to do that? Yeah, he does. See, God, God's a father, right? Now, all of our dads could ride our bike way before we could, right? And as a father, you have a desire to teach your kid how to ride a bike, right? And when you're a father and your child rides a bike and you give them that push, and it's, the, it's not the 20 pushes where they fell and scraped their knees, but it's the push where they get it. And they go, and, and you're a father, and you're watching your, your child, and they're cruising, you're like, yes! Do you think that the father goes, okay, well, now I'm just going to take the bike back and ride it? No, the, the father has joy in the child learning how to ride the bike. And God finds joy, and he wants to use you to heal. He can do it, but he wants you to do it, and he, and he wants us to do it. So we get scared about healing for the sick because we think if we pray for the sick, that that somehow is a reflection of us. It's not. You don't heal anybody. I can't heal anybody. None of the, nobody in this room could heal anybody. But what happens is we have Jesus inside of us. He can heal people. So for that to get transferred to another person, for that to be powered to another person, we have to do the footwork. But it has nothing to do with us. So for a second, just tell yourself it has nothing to do with me, and you'll find that you're not worried about what happens when you go pray for people anymore because it's not on you. Right? It's on him. God equipped you. He told you what to do. told you to pray for the sick. He'll do it. Now, some of you are saying, but Sean, not every time we pray, people get healed. You're right. And you know what? I've prayed for a lot of people and seen them get healed. And I have prayed for some people that didn't. Guess what? I have no idea why. And I'm not going to question it. There's a lot of other reasons I could tell you. I'm not going to go into that tonight. Why people don't get healed. But it's God's will to do that. And not only that, but if you pray for the sick and they're healed... That person is going to change instantly. And it has nothing to do with their healing. If someone had a broken leg and it was healed, that person doesn't care anymore about that broken leg. They want to know what healed them. And that's how the spirit moves. I want to tell you a story. When I was in college, I was on a trip in spring. And I want to need everybody's attention. I know everybody's getting tired. People are starting to draw and stuff. If I can get everybody's attention tonight, it's very important. There's been a lot of distractions today. And it's because something's going to happen tonight. So listen up. This is me being you, okay? I'm in college, and I don't know what I'm doing, right? God's changing my life. He's teaching me about the Spirit. I'm speaking at a Teen Challenge in Boston. When I was in college, we'd go on these spring missions trips. I went to Boston. I'm speaking at a Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is a drug recovery program. It's Christian-based. So it's a great program. People come in, and they're on drugs, and, it's, and they, they get them freed off the drugs, and they teach them about Jesus. It's amazing. It's so the most successful drug program in the country. It's awesome. I'm preaching. This gentleman walks in the back, and uh, I'm assuming that he's just late to the service. I thought he was a part of Teen Challenge. I finished my sermon. I'm going to just shorten this. And uh, he comes and he sits in the front row, and I can't remember if I gave an altar call for salvation or not. And I don't know. If I did, then he didn't come forward. And if I didn't, then there wasn't one. But he was in the front row, and nobody was talking to him, where everybody was talking to each other. So... I'm like, this guy's either a really big outcast or he's not part of Teen Challenge. Well, come to find out he was addicted to drugs and he wasn't part of Teen Challenge and he just walked in off the street to come into that service. And God told me, he said, Sean, I need you to go pray for that person. I have something for them. And I said, oh, okay. So I sit down. I said, hey, what's your name? And he says, my name's Keith. I said, I'm Sean. I said, nice to meet you. I said, how you doing? Fine. You ever had one of those conversations where nothing you can say will get any more than a one-word answer? And I'm going, God... 
real good one. Did you notice this guy can't talk to me? <laughs> How, am I supposed to just figure out what I'm here for? So, uh, what'd you do? No, nothing. I mean, I can't get this guy to talk, right? But I know God sent me over to pray for him. So the only thing I can think of is, you know, well, God would be interested in his salvation, right? Right. So, I said, hey, do you know Jesus? And he said, I think at one time maybe I did, but I don't I think I do anymore. I said, would you like to know him? Yes. That was easy. <laughs> okay? So guess what? I pray for him. Right there, bam, he accepts Christ. That's awesome, right? After he accepts Christ, I'm expecting him to just be this different person, right? And just, a, hi, how you doing, Keith? Fine. I'm excited. You just accepted Christ, right? So I'm like, I mean, that's awkward, so I just, I just missed myself. All right. Keith, Keith knows Jesus now, but he still doesn't talk. All right, cool. I get about 10 steps away, and God says, no, 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 I, I still didn't get done what I needed to do, and I'm going. Did you just not see how awkward that was? I can't even get the guy to talk. And I said, I just led him to the Lord. Did you, did you see that? Right? And no, 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 I, I still have something to do. I need you to go back. So obviously, if it's awkward for me, it's probably awkward for Keith as well, right? You know, what's this guy want, right? So I sit down, and I was being obedient. Everybody say obedient. Obedient. That word is huge. I need you to understand that. Obedient. I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't a member of the Trinity. I was obedient. Okay? That's all. And I said, Keith. I said, hey, Sean. You know, we didn't talk very much. Hand back. Um, God told me that there's something else that I need to talk to you about or pray with you about. And I just got set up. You ready for this? I don't believe God for what he's about to tell me. I'm probably like most of you, just trying to walk and learn in Jesus, right? He says, oh, yeah, there, there is one more thing. He goes, um, I have AIDS, and my newborn daughter was just born, and they think that she has AIDS too, and I'd like to be healed. <gasps> Are you kidding me? I felt like going, Keith, um, did you know that AIDS isn't curable? No, I'm pretty sure he knows that. But somebody who just walked in off the street had enough faith to tell me that he'd like to be healed of that. I've known Jesus since I was six, and I have no faith to pray for him for that. You see the difference? So what do I do? Do I say, oh, uh, yeah, God can't do that. Right? So like the biggest apple like you can imagine like in my throat just went, mm -hmm, right on the bottom of my stomach. I have to pray for this man, and I have to pray in faith that he's going to be healed of AIDS, right? So I put my hand on his shoulder, and I pray in faith, and I said, God, I know you heal. And I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus, to heal Keith of AIDS, and right now, in the name of Jesus, for his daughter, that she would not have AIDS, she'd be healed in the name of Jesus. That was it. No fireworks. No nothing. No more talking out of Keith. Hey, thanks. <laughs> okay? All right, so I told you that was a weekly trip that I took, you know, to different places. Well, there was, the leader of that trip was a good friend of mine. The very next year, I went on another trip. One year to the date, almost. And that leader for that trip went with me on this trip, only neither of us were leaders. And we went to, I think, like Kentucky or somewhere in Ohio. The day we were leaving, he goes to his mailbox. And because he was the leader of that trip in Boston, where I prayed for Keith, he was on the, the newsletter for the Teen Challenge. The day we left for the trip to go to this trip, one year later, he went to his mailbox before we got in the van to drive, and there was a newsletter 
from Teen Challenge in the mail. And on the front cover is Keith. And it says, I have been 100% healed of AIDS. And, there, and my daughter has been too. Okay? Now, it doesn't say in there, hi, I'm Keith, and this dumb white kid from California <laughs> prayed for me, and that's why I'm healed. It didn't say that. It was just a testimony about how he came into Teen Challenge with AIDS, and he doesn't anymore. But do you think that's a coincidence that I had that incident, and that a year later, my friend gets his mailbox, some, uh, a mail telling about the testimony, and I happen to be going on a trip with him? You think that's a coincidence? No. No, it's not. I felt nothing, you guys. That was the least spiritual I've ever felt in my entire life. In fact, I felt like a little kid shaking, going, God, I can't do this. But I was what? I was obedient. That's God, all God expects from you. Do you know what happened to me when I found out about that? I was like, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Who's got something that they need touched? I'm ready to go. And you know what? When you go to God and you're that scared to pray, there's no pride. Because the truth of the matter is, I was a scared little puppy dog. But I realized, oh my gosh, all I have to do is do what he said and he'll follow me and he'll back me up. <coughs> and we don't do what we're told to do because we're afraid he's not going to back us up. But he does. He wants to. So God wants to heal the sick. There's a lot of things in the spirit that I want to talk to you guys about, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to cover a couple. And this is another thing that, that sometimes can happen is, is, is prophecy. And God wants to use us in prophecy, and it's not because... And what you've heard of prophecy is people going to people and going, I have a word from God for you. And instantly you think, oh my gosh, this person is God. And everything that comes out of their mouth, I have to listen to. The word of the God for you is that you were to do ten jumping jacks right now, and you go... Because you think that person's God. You know what? That's all garbage. That's not what prophecy is. That's people doing what I told you. Stretching it out. Making it exclusive. And making it something that looks like nobody else can touch. Well, I want to tell you that God wants to use every single person that bears his name in the gifts of the Spirit. It's not exclusive. It's not special. It's for everybody that wants to do it. And you guys might not know that. Some of you in this room are already gifted in that. You can learn to do it. And you're gifted in it. Those are the two things. Anybody can learn. It just has God to teach you. And it's not about going to people and saying, I have a word from God. Most of prophecy is just for you to have insight. How would you like it if you had a burden for somebody at your workplace or at your school that was lost and you had insight? You don't have to just tackle them and say, I have a word of God for you. Now, what if you just kept it for yourself, but you had insight? You had insider information on that person. Do you think that would help you lead that person to Christ? Yeah. It's just about listening to the Holy Spirit. And trust me, He wants to talk to you. He's looking for anybody to listen because He has work that He wants to carry out in the earth. So it's, it's really simple. It's really simple. So, He wants to use us in those things. So let me give you some examples of that. Last night, God talked, talked to me about somebody in this room. And this will just tell you how bad I am with names. Because God said, Sean, I want, you, I want to talk to you about the teacher. Because I don't remember who, what her name is. But today I learned her name. Her name is Bethany. And God told me that he wanted me to talk to about the teacher. Because when he said teacher, I remember that Bethany wanted to be a teacher when she grows up. But I learned her name was Bethany today. So now I can call her Bethany, not the teacher. So during worship yesterday, God just showed us, just started speaking to my heart. I wasn't looking to, for anything for her. I wasn't looking. I'm going, oh God, give me a word for Bethany. 
because I want to be spiritual. I want to go tell her. No, God had a plan for me to say some things to Bethany. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Bethany. That's your name, right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, Bethany, I'm a human. I'm not perfect. So if any of this doesn't make any sense, then just throw it away, okay? So how's that for being unspiritual? Okay? <laughs> Two words come to mind when I look at you. It's endless compassion. Endless compassion. And what I mean by that is you could be run to the ground at compassion and you still have some left over. Okay? And there's also something very, very special about you. And I saw it last night in worship, and that is, is that there's a part of you, and I wish you could tell me how you do this because I would do anything to get it from you. There's a part of your spirit or who you are that hasn't changed since being a child. And I know you want to teach, and I know you want to work with kids. I'm going to tell you, it's just going to, it's going to radically change kids' lives because there's a part of you that still is one. And that's very, very special because what we do as adults is a lot of times we ruin kids because we force them to grow up. And there's a part of you that hasn't grown up. And I want you to know that's extremely, extremely powerful. And that childlikeness is what has you close to God. And it's like there's a pipeline to you, and you're just going to bring it to all your kids. And the last thing I want to tell you is, I know you want to be a teacher, and I don't know how you view it, but I think maybe you might think that's the end of the road, and I just want you to know that's just the tip of the iceberg for you. How about that? Any one of you can do that. It's just clearing out the earwax, the Q-tip, and paying attention to God. That's pretty cool, huh? How many of you guys have ever met somebody, and you go, the first minute you see them, they remind you exactly of somebody you know, but there's no physical explanation for it. They just do. Have you ever had that happen? Okay. Well, all you guys who just raised your hand, you might be prophetic. All right. Okay? Let me tell you about somebody. Where is she? Shania? Step right here. Where is she? Is Lindsay in here? Oh, she stepped out for a second. Bummer. All right. Well, you guys know Lindsay, right? Who knows Lindsay really well? So who, who, who would speak for her then? Who knows Lindsay really well? Okay, you guys kind of do? All right. When I got on the bus on Monday, Monday sat down, looked at Lindsay, and I went, that's not Lindsay. That's Brooke. Brooke is a dear friend of mine back in California. That's not Lindsay. That's Brooke. God didn't speak to me. I just look, and I don't see Lindsay. I see Brooke. That's insight. And it's not, they don't look anything alike. They, they maybe have some similarities, but nothing. So I'm just going to ask you guys some questions about Lindsay, and you tell me if they're true, okay? I don't know her. I know her a little bit from this week. Would you, and I'm not saying this because she's a sponsor. Would you say that she is an expert? I mean, like, top of the level, top shelf mentor. Would you say that? Yeah. Okay. Would you say that she has a special, special, maybe gifting, calling, desire for young women and ladies? Would you say that? Okay. Would you describe her as extremely faithful? Would you? Okay. All right. It's easy. Now, I don't have anything specific for Lindsay, but that's insight into her life. And God, what God wants to do is, as everybody wants insight into their life from God, well, he wants to use you to do that. Okay? Does that sound cool? Sounds awesome. Okay, cool. So... Here's the deal. We can't go out and we can't revolutionize anything or do anything without power. Can't do it. We can't go out and do the same things we're doing. And so 
Holy Spirit wants to touch you. He does. And that's what Monday night was for. Was to just clear out the interference. Because God wants to do something special in you that's going to be eternal. It's going to change the way you live your life. It's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you minister. John, if you want to come, wherever you're at. Just play something softly. I think we're going to go back into a time of worship. And then after that, I want to spend some time in prayer. But God wants to do radical things to get people's attention. You guys remember who we talked about earlier this week? We talked about Moses. Okay? Moses, every step of the way, Moses was chosen to lead the people of Israel, right? Those are God's people. I need everybody's attention. Israel's God's people. You guys are the next generation to lead God's people and to create God's people. Everywhere Moses went. How many of you guys think Moses is a cool guy? I respect him. I do. He's in the Bible. He's the man. Every step of the way, if you read the word, he begged God to back him up. Begged him to back him up. God, how will these people know that I'm for you? That this is for real? And it's not good enough giving people things that aren't for real anymore. I want to give people things that are for real. And God's real. You know that. I know that. But we've lost the method of how to communicate that to people because it's just become words. And I'm going to talk about something tomorrow night that's even greater than what we're going to talk about tonight. But this is a method. Tonight is a method. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower He wants to fill you first. He wants you to have an experience with Him. And then it's also going to be an empowering for you to turn around. Take what you have. Turn around and change your schools. Change all the places that you're at. And it's not boring. Telling people about God is boring. It's like beating a dead horse. But being God and moving in the Spirit is not boring. And you will see people come to know Christ through that faster than anything you can imagine. People out there are begging for something that's bigger than themselves that can change who they are. Everybody wants that. So we're going to worship. Everybody find a place to worship. Why don't we stand up? And we've already done that. We came in and we prayed. We welcome the Holy Spirit here. But let's just, let's just enter in. He's here. He wants to touch us. But let's enter in. Let's tap in. Let's enter into this presence. And let's cry out for him. Okay? He's near to a broken and contrite spirit. We talked about that on Monday. And he's here. He wants to be near to you and you want to be near to him. Then let's welcome him and let's cry out.